0: Hello, and welcome to episode eight of My Freelance Life, a new podcast from the team here at Millo.co. I'm Preston, and with me on the air today is my friend, Andy. Hello. If you've listened to the show before, you know by now that Andy recently quit his job to start working for himself. And this show is a weekly check-in with Andy to see what really happens when you decide to start freelancing full-time. You'll find show notes for this episode at freelancelifepodcast.com slash eight. That's just the number eight. And this episode of My Freelance Life is brought to you by our friends at FreshBooks, the absolute number one invoicing software for freelancers. You can try FreshBooks free for 30 days at freshbooks.com Andy. I've been working with freelancers and solopreneurs like Andy and like you for over a decade. And the number one tool that keeps coming up over and over again is FreshBooks. I think it's because, first of all, it's ridiculously easy to use, especially with some of the most recent upgrades they've made. But at the core, I think it's also about making your workload insanely lighter. You can connect your FreshBooks account to your favorite payment platforms and automatically see how your business is progressing each month. Plus, you can easily send invoices or proposals to your clients right within the app, either on your computer or on your mobile device, FreshBooks notifies you when your client sees what you've sent, and then sends them automatic reminder emails if they forget to pay your invoice or review your proposal. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, FreshBooks has been building features for freelancers for years now, which is why 97% of small business owners polled recommend FreshBooks for their bookkeeping, invoicing, and lots more. You can subscribe to FreshBooks for as low as $15 a month. Plus, before you plunk down your money, you can try FreshBooks 100% free for 30 days. Just visit freshbooks.com Andy. And when they ask, how did you hear about us? Tell them it was Andy. Let's dive in and get started, Andy. Do, do you want to just catch me up on anything that's uh, kind of going on this week or, or how's this week been?
1: Well, let's see. This week has been pretty good. I mean comparing it to weeks a couple months ago, it's been it's been a pretty low volume week in terms of freelancing. But compared to recent weeks, it's been getting better. And I think that's just because I believe we talked about it last week somewhat, but coming out of the holidays and having been sick and everything, I was not putting in a lot of time. And so this week, I've been trying to get back into the swing of things. It's been going, a little slow going, but I have a handful of projects to work on. And and it's actually been kind of nice that there haven't been, I haven't had a lot of things, um, a lot of live projects pressuring me, I guess. And so I was able to kind of take my time easing back into things. Now, that it maybe would have been great to have a lot of things pushing me and then it would have like jump started me right back into the new year and and working but i've been taking it slowly for better or worse. I think it's fine
0: to be intentional about that kind of thing, right? I guess I guess the concern comes like when you wish you had more work and it's not yeah. coming maybe. Yeah. But it but it sounds like things are going okay and they're starting to to sort of rev back up at the same pace that you're revving back up after the holidays, so that sounds nice.
1: Yeah, and um, in fact, I got a couple of good clients that are, that are new. It's funny how sometimes, I mean, there's a, a couple that I've worked with somewhat long term and then there's others and they like, it almost feels like they refresh in batches. So I have a couple of projects. I finish them all up, wrap them all up. And now I have a couple more projects, a couple of new clients that pop up and they just kind of come and go in cohorts or batches. And so I'm looking forward to working with some of these new clients, that, um, they have fun work, good projects, and promising, I think, relationships for potentially having some some more long term clients.
0: So, what do you think causes that? I mean, like a like a surge, and obviously, that would be the secret sauce, right? Is how do I have a surge all the time of potential yeah. clients? Well, what do you think maybe causes that on, on Upwork particularly, or or well, just in general, what what causes more clients to be reaching out?
1: And I don't know if it's necessarily a surge in work available. It might just be totally a, um, just a reaction to how I'm doing things that maybe, maybe I'm working in surges. And so I naturally like finish up a bunch of projects, wrap them up. And then in at at the same time, maybe I'm, I'm slowly interviewing and accepting new jobs. But then once I personally have finished a batch of work, I I then um maybe take it easy and then and then kind of push all the other projects together again and push them through and then take maybe it's it's not on the client side, maybe it's on my side subconsciously that I'm doing that. That honestly would make sense to me, but um because but that but there are other elements to it because I've I'll notice that there will be um a period of time where I won't get many job invitations uh, or in, um, interview invitations. And then all of a sudden, a few days will go by and I'll get three or four in a day. And then I'll go a few days with nothing. And that actually might be something that Upwork does, maybe. Maybe once you start to get invitations, then Upwork somehow ranks you higher. Maybe your profile's getting higher views at that time. And so then you are displayed more often to people posting jobs and it just is kind of like an open feedback loop that it just builds on itself. But honestly, I I don't know. Other than my first thought of maybe it's just something on my side subconsciously, like batching things together.
0: I I think it's interesting to explore both of those. Like if, if you're doing it subconsciously, then, you know, is there is there value in like booking yourself out? Or well, let me let me back up and let's talk about your particular clients because I think there are some industries that this may work better in than others. You do a lot of sort of spreadsheet work, data work, uh, script writing, and things like that. Things that that I don't know. I'm, I'm making an assumption that people tend to need fairly quickly. Is that a good assumption?
1: Yeah, it does seem that way. A lot of times, people. Uh, and it's definitely not not always the case, but a lot of times people will come with an issue that they need fixed quickly. Sometimes it's a script they had working before that's not working, or something in a spreadsheet broke. But um, a lot of times it's for specifically what I do. It's system improvements, and they are. And maybe this is actually the majority of the of the cases that people come with ideas of things they want to improve just to make um, some of their tasks smoother, take less time or no time at all if it's fully automated. So uh, sometimes they'll come to me and they'll have ideas and they want to implement them quickly, but they're not necessarily like uh, emergencies, I guess you could say. They're they're ideas that they want to implement it quickly because it's going to save them time. And the sooner that they can get it launched, the better off it'll be. But it's definitely a split because there are still times or here another example is that i have some clients that i've built projects for them that were not rush jobs necessarily i've had some clients that i've built spreadsheets for them and it wasn't done as a rush job initially but then in the follow up work maybe they want to hurry and add a new feature to that or maybe they have a new user coming on board or something's not working as expected that i have to get in and fix and those things are quick jobs that they come in wanting something turned around quickly i I'd say it's a toss up though. There's some of each
0: style. So I guess the, that was sort of a leading question for the idea of booking yourself out a, a few months. I mean, are you, is that something you're trying to do or, or are you, you said you're sort of working in batches or maybe subconsciously you're working in batches where you get a bunch of work done and then you go out and try to find more clients and then you get their work done and then maybe more clients come to you and you get their work done. But instead, like, is there any is this is it something that would interest you or or are you already trying to do this where you're saying like look i'm already booked for may uh let me when clients come to me i will tell them i can't get to this till june but i i'd love to do it or something like that i mean there's obviously inherent risk in doing that um especially on a marketplace like upwork because they might just go find someone else who can do it more quickly but what what thoughts do you have about
1: all that yeah i I think it is a interesting idea to consider, and I and sometimes I do do that, but on a on a much smaller scale, perhaps not always sometimes it can be a month out but but I think you're right the way you said it that um, on upwork if I'm applying for a job, there's probably other people that are great, not always sometimes I think the for the nature of the job or for what the client's looking for specifically, it might just be a few a few freelancers that fit the bill for them. But um, I think if I were to be in an interview process and say that I couldn't work on it for a month, that they would be more inclined to go with someone else because they would just be anxious to get it done. However, there have been times when I've talked with a client, they've it feels like they have more or less decided to move forward with me and then we start talking about deadlines and they'll say, Oh, you know, we need this, you know, could you do it in four to five weeks? And, and so they set a deadline out like that. And then when that's the case, sometimes I'll be able to pick up and complete a couple projects along the way as I'm more, uh, more slowly working on that project. So I, I have sometimes booked myself out like that, but Never too explicitly. There have been a few times when I've been in the interview process with a client and uh, I'll say, or maybe I'll say it right off the bat in the proposal I sent to them. I'll say, you know, as a response to your invitation, I would definitely be interested in working on this, but I'm busy right now and I wouldn't be able to start till the middle of next week or something. And I haven't honestly tracked to see how often those responses come back and they want to keep talking anyway. I mean, I think a phrase like that might, might sound like it would be a turnoff to somebody. If And I think a lot of people might react that way initially. But the truth of the matter is a lot of times with some of these proposals and the invitation and the back and forth and getting set up, getting you know passwords or, or further project details... It will take a week anyway, even though it's just because the back and forth, you don't necessarily just get the interview, do all the back and forth that day because the clients no doubt juggling other tasks in their work or their life or whatever it is I'm helping them with. And I'm juggling other projects. So sometimes there's that much of a delay on starting a project anyway. So in theory, it shouldn't be a bad thing to hear that. But it sometimes sounds like a long time, I think, to people.
0: That's that's really really interesting. Okay, so so I want to come back to this idea of like if 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 a client says to you, you know, this doesn't need to be done for a month, and you you recognize that it's really only going to take you maybe two or three days of of total work over the course of the month, and you start to sort of fill in with other clients and do other projects in the meantime. Am I understanding that right? Yes. Yeah. So I guess my question, follow up question to that, is: Are you using some sort of tool to sort of like? Like, I know there are tools that let you use, like, a Gantt chart, for example, where it has, you know, uh, if, if you or the listeners aren't familiar with Gantt charts, like, it has the months on the top and the projects down the side, and then it has, like, bars or, or days or weeks or whatever, and it has bars that are, like, taken up by certain projects. Do you do you Do you use anything like that to sort of manage... How much work you're taking on at any given time so that you know if a client reaches out and says, I need this done next week, you know that you do or don't have the time to do that?
1: Yeah, I I don't use a Gantt chart. That's actually a great idea as I think about it. That would be a great way to visualize it. I use Trello to manage my freelancing projects. I'm able to accomplish the same thing, but honestly, probably not in as smooth or or immediately visible ways a Gantt chart would be. But I'll just have a couple different columns on Trello. And Trello is like a Kanban type board, I guess you would say. And there's different columns or stacks or whatever they're called. Uh, and then you can move these cards, drag and drop them between columns. And for me, a card represents a project and a column represents a status. So there's a column for if I'm in discussions, and there's one for work that's currently ongoing. And then there's a column that's if I'm waiting on something. So if I've submitted something or a project is waiting to start because I'm waiting for details or something from the client. And then when it's done, I move the card, the little box of information to a completed column or status. And so what I do with these is each of these cards can have on them a due date, can have details and comments. So I'll put in due dates and sometimes I'll Manually put in a quicker due date than it actually has, just so that it will remind me sooner. Because what I do is I'll look at all the cards at any given time and just get a general sense. That's what, that's what it really is. A Gantt chart would be more precise. This method gives me just a general sense of the workload that I have. If I can see that I have five projects that I'm currently working on right now, and I can look at their due dates and get a rough idea. And then I can also glance in the waiting column because theoretically, you know, this afternoon, all those clients could come back and tell me the things that I'm, that I'm waiting for to move forward. And then all of a sudden I have more projects that are kind of in the queue. And this has worked so far with the amount of projects I've done. I suppose if I were to get to be doing more projects, then it would start to become a, a little less manageable and I'll probably honestly, I like your suggestion. I'll probably look into a Gantt chart idea to show that and be able to graph it better.
0: A lot of the project management tools out there for freelancers um, have. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember which ones I've seen that they have that, and which ones not. But you know, if you're listening and, and you're thinking, you're also thinking this could be a good idea. I, I first would recommend you try it out, like in a Google spreadsheet or something, and just build your own Gantt chart or draw it up on a whiteboard, like find some free way or cheap way to do it um, to see if the system works for you. But if you're really into it and you think this could really help you um, Andy or the listeners, I there, I know there's one called um, I think it's called cushion or something. I'll I'll be sure to put it in the show notes um, and I'll dig up a few others that I can put in the show notes as well. But, um, but yeah, there are these project management tools that have elements of like a Trello board, like you're saying Andy, but then also they, they turn those tasks into a timeline so you can see how far out you're booked and i know that can be helpful especially for people who aren't who who either aren't on upwork or in addition to their work on upwork they're just sort of taking clients in via email or via you know a form on their website or whatever if you're not careful you can overbook yourself and then you disappoint clients let them down and then they obviously don't come back they don't tell their friends um And so it can be a helpful tool to sort of say, look, I'm booked out until July. If you really want to work with me, um, I can do it first thing in July, but I'm booked out in May and in June with too many projects. And it can also help you say, like, I'm booked out. Maybe I need to hire somebody or maybe I need to outsource or maybe I need to partner with somebody um, so that I I can get all the work done in the timelines that my clients need them to get done. It sounds like maybe this is a, a problem in the not like immediate uh, future, but maybe in the in the near future um, for you Andy, but anyway there's some resources we'll again we 'll link them up in the show notes. you can take a look at some options there um, but yeah I think a gant a Gantt chart could be could be quite helpful in the, in this scenario
1: yeah i think it, it would be good to visualize uh, what i 've been doing so far has has worked, but it is i mean, i think it 's prone to error if I were to you know not do a good job of judging just by looking through my list that I could potentially overbook or even underbook, I guess is an error as well. You think you have a lot of work going and all of a sudden it's gone and you need to be billing time daily to, you know, to bring home the bacon as it were. And if you're underbooked, then you're kind of in trouble because like I said earlier, it can be days or a week. If once you start applying for jobs before you actually get work. So it's as long as you're, unless you're, you know, at a point where you're definitely earning sufficient and and maybe even beyond what you need then I think it's it's good to keep a steady stream of work so you can so it can be somewhat reliable I agree with that
0: I had one more question so back to something that you had mentioned before where some of the clients you're working with have potential to become I think you used the word relationships, mm-hmm. right? Like I sort of envision like yeah. a long-term or recurring relationship where they're coming back to you with more projects every once in a while. What percentage would you say of, of the clients that you're working with on Upwork? Because let's remind the audience that you're right now, you're getting all of your clients through Upwork, right? I mean, are you getting any clients anywhere else or is that the only
1: place? Uh, yes and no. I I mean, there's... I'll talk with people occasionally on other things. So actually maybe more formally, I'm starting to have clients in other places, but sometimes it's been like, I'll talk to family members who want something done for either for themselves personally okay, or okay. for, or for their work. And so oftentimes it's, you know, pro bono stuff that I just want to do because it's fun or just to help them out. But sure. sometimes it's, well, recently there was a project that came up for my brother and we were going to work on it and I was going to just do it for free initially. And then he was going to take it to his uh, supervisor or something. And, And if they wanted to move forward with it as a company, then I would have tracked my hours and then, and we would have been able to work out something at that point if they wanted to adopt that system. But so there's things like that, or, um, even, a friend of mine who has a business locally was interested in some work. And it turns out that that was not something that I can do personally as I learned more of the details. So I've, I found someone else to refer it to. So I am starting to get some things that are outside of it, but it is, it's definitely, I mean, I would call it like a 1% thing right now. It's, it's by no means something that I'm pursuing. It's just the, uh, a passive, you know, accrual of, word of mouth rec- recommendation I guess.
0: Okay, great. So and I think that's fine. I mean, I think what's cool about your story is we can some of the things that we share, we can we can, you know, people can apply immediately and go get on Upwork <laughs> and start getting clients immediately. What so what percentage would would you guess if you had to guess or maybe you know the number, what percentage of the clients that reach out to you initially on Upwork become eventually like recurring customers or or repeat customers or something like that?
1: That's a great idea to track that um or even it might be there might be a way to track it already and just go back and calculate it but it depends on how you define long term or recurring I suppose um because there are some people where there's a project that's ongoing and it becomes a long term project but it's the same as what it was intended to be up front with these caveats let me give a guess and I feel like last time I did this on this podcast, like my guest just like fell flat and I had no idea what I was saying. Just cause <laughs> that's all right. I asked you to make a guess. So you're good. I will say it is 50% or lower. It, I mean, that's probably a safe thing to say. It's, it's probably less than half of the clients become long term. And then half or slightly more than half are clients that have a, a job come in, work a handful of hours, deliver it and move on. There would be an interesting way to track this, I suppose. With Upwork, you can look up your contracts, you can see when they started, when they ended and so on. But there's, there are times when contracts go dormant, either because you don't hear back from a client or they said they'd maybe have work in the future or whatever. And so sometimes they'll leave these contracts open. And so that doesn't necessarily, but if no work's being done on them, it doesn't necessarily give a good view of how much is long-term or recurring, but there might be a way to pull some reports. Well, yes, there is a way. So if I, I could download some financial reports and see which clients I'm billing, you know, a month after the initial after the initial like work started or two months after the initial work started because that would show that either we worked on a project and then they came back with with more things to work on or the the initial project itself lasted that long. But back to your original question, I would say half or less are recurring or long-term. Which,
0: you know, I think is, is fine. I, I think it's sort of the nature sometimes of freelancing, mm. but that is a question I get all the time from... Um, the Millo community is, is like how do I and I, I sort of get the sense I, I haven't dug real deep into this I need to and if you're listening and you want to tell us more you can write us at shows at co. and Andy and I will read them uh, read all those emails but um the sense I get is that these are people who have been freelancing for a while, maybe a year ish or more, and uh, and they've enjoyed it, but they're starting to get a little bit burned out by the cyclical mm-hmm. process. Like you always hear about, like the feast famine cycle of being a freelancer, and I think we've discussed you know this this sort of theme on the show before but um, but I always get the question like how do I get more recurring work and it's kind of the the golden idol of internet business in general or working for yourself in general it's like how do I how do I just have a guaranteed paycheck without Mm -hmm. having to clock in at a nine to five so I understand where it's coming from I, I guess um, I, it'll just be interesting to watch over the next little while what, what yeah. percentage, maybe you can update us in a few more episodes, what percentage of clients are Coming back with more work and how long it takes them to come back with more work. You know, are they coming back the next week or the next month or a year yeah. later or whatever? It'll be interesting to sort of watch that evolve.
1: And that's definitely something I'll, I want to do now. That idea, just because you asked me, the idea came to me of how it could track that, and now I'm really curious to bust out a spreadsheet and make it happen. What did you?
0: <laughs> yeah, you <in> and <laughs> spreadsheets. What did you
1: see from people, or if people shared before you said that you'd get questions about it? Did you notice any particular trend of what? Freelancers in general were saying to you of how many, how what percent of their clients are recurring or long term. You know, I don't know if I've asked that question uh, back. Right when they, when they, uh-huh. when they say, "How do I get
0: more recurring clients?" I don't know if I've come back and said, "You know, we have some ideas and some resources, but what percentage of your clients are already recurring?" I haven't asked that. It would be an interesting thing to find out from the Milo community. Again, we'd love to hear from you. Can hit us up on Twitter or or via email and let us know. There are I, there are lots of freelancers who show up in threads like that. For example, I'm thinking in our, our Facebook mastermind group, um, which I will link up in the show notes again. But uh, but uh, there are some who chime in and they say, that's all I do, right? Like I make a healthy six figures every year just on clients or, or, or recurring clients, I should say. Or like some people will say, I have clients that I've been working with for 20 years. I think it varies. Wow. I think there's a huge range from I never get recurring business or I can hardly get business at all to I don't have time to take on any new clients because I'm so booked out with our current my current client workload but that's a good question
1: yeah that'd be interesting to hear but I think you're right there's going to be that's that's kind of how freelancing goes partially because it encompasses so many different industries but also just because different people want to approach it differently and so we'll probably hear different numbers yeah, all think across so. the board.
0: So what else are we up to? I mean, uh, tell me what else is happening sort of maybe in uh, freelancing and your personal life. Obviously, you don't have to get too personal, I guess, just like your sort of lifestyle, the lifestyle you're building <laughs> around freelancing. Um, how's that going? Are you en- are you enjoying the flexibility in your lifestyle? What's it allowing you to do? Um, how is your wife liking it and or disliking it? And, and any of that that you'd like to share? I'd love to hear.
1: Yeah, well, I remember going back to some earlier episodes and talking about the schedule or that I was setting for myself of like when to wake up and when to do these things. And I had this flexibility and I had a good plan in place. And honestly, it's kind of fallen apart lately. And I don't know whether that's a result of the holidays or that period where I got sick or getting busy with some, with some extracurricular things I have going on, but or a combination of all of the above is most likely. But for for whatever reason that nice schedule that I was maintaining for a while there earlier on has kind of gone out the window and it doesn't feel as healthy where I'm at right now in terms of how I'm going about things. It's it's nice and it's wonderful to have the flexibility, but sometimes oh, there's that Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility. So I have this, this freedom and this flexibility to structure my day how I want,